Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Welcome to the podcast, Welcome everyone. back, everyone. Welcome back to Mentoring for the, for the Modern, Modern Musician. Musician. It's going to be a short intro today because we have a long, long conversation with uh, Tim Pattison. He is the Associate Director of Writer-Publisher Relations at BMI. Broadcast uh, Music Inc., one of the, uh, the two biggest... The premier. The premier. We kind of... Music publishing. You know, it's, <laughs> we've been members of BMI for like ever, so we love... You know, ASCAP is a thing, ASCAP is a thing, like whatever. It, yeah, absolutely. But... but Right. Given the choice. Exactly. Well, we're BMI. We're BMI. We're BMI guys. Uh, but so this is amazing. It's so, a great conversation. Oh my gosh. Um, please hang in there for the first uh, the first eight to ten minutes. Um, the sound on on uh, Tim's end of the phone is a little a little weird. Just hang in there because we do call him back. We call him back on it, and it's, there's a better sound coming. So hang in there because most of the great information is dead center to the end. It's yes. in the meat of the conversation. It's, it's in the meat of the conversation. So hang in there. And uh, so Enjoy. here we are. Tim Patterson. Hello. Tim. Hey. Adam Tim. and Michael from Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Michael. How are we doing, up, Tim? Guys? Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Well, so so uh, we thought with a, with a, a, a career like you've had, uh, I want to start at the beginning. So we give everybody a good sense of, yeah. Can we, can we use have instead of had? I don't think I'm done yet. Oh, my um, God. That's yes. right. You're good point. Very good point. Like a career that the you've career had that you thus are, far. The career that you are currently enjoying. Yes. Yes. All right. I like that. <laughs> I like a man who's careful with his words. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when he's we'll, working we'll with songwriters. Of, we'll see how the rest of the conversation goes. Right. <laughs> uh, you can say whether I'm careful with my words or not. That's, That's perfect. Good. So, yeah. So, so let's go back to uh, what got you into music. Like even your, like your earliest musical memory. Oh, man. Um, so what got me into music was, uh, I really think my, my dad's, um, records, uh. um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a traditional, um, like, oh, the hit song. I feel like, you know, that's, that's a lot of people's things and that's a totally valid way to get into music. Like, you know, the hits of like Motown or the Beatles or stuff like that. Um, for me, it was my dad was like into rock music and like heavy rock music actually a lot too. And so it like, was about the artwork as a kid. Like I gravitated oh, wow. towards like sort of the albums. Pulling pulling Iron Maiden out of the sh- off the shelf. <laughs> yes. And it was just like this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever looked at. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what is it what does it sound like, you know? Right. So it was like jumping into things like that. Um you know, uh Everything from Van Halen to Led Zeppelin to yeah. um, Pink Floyd, like stuff that was rock, but also like stuff that experimented, like that really like molded me. I think as a kid, um, like that not the normal, um, right? Yeah, you know, not your three chord pop stuff. That was right. That was definitely not stuff I listened to. I came to discover it later in life, mm-hmm. um, but early on, it was about like the weird and the experimental. And then as I grew up, um, you know, I was a kid of, I was kid of the nineties as a teenager. So, um, but I wasn't, I, I was not the, I was not the Nirvana guy. Right. Um, I was not the, was not the Pearl Jam guy. I was actually like the only thing I, the only thing I gravitated towards out of that scene was 
Soundgarden probably. Sure. Um, while I while I totally get and respect the other things that the other bands did, it just wasn't like that. Really, wasn't my scene for me. Didn't it was speak like, to you. Yeah. Anything yeah. that Interscope put out, like I was obsessed with. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so for for anybody at home who who doesn't want to do the research on that, well, like name a few things from from that. Um, I mean. Trent Reznor is probably yeah. okay. uh, probably my music. Like he is my musical hero. Okay, um, perfect. So that says a lot anything, about you. I got it now. Yeah. Now I got yeah. it. Um, anything also, that anything Jimmy Iovine would have been obsessed with, you were into. Yeah, I mean Dre, like all of Dr. Dre stuff, everything he <laughs> produced, everything he Beautiful. worked on. Love it. Like, like that was just kind of for me. That was like Interscope was counterculture, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And you know, and then moving um into college i think that's more when i shifted into like i still loved you know and i love all musical genres maybe minus country um <laughs> i grew up in i grew up in the middle of nowhere ohio and like on like legit like you know that era like the 90s were like pop country right oh right like, like you know like, like garth brooks, garth brooks. And like tim mcgraws of the world like that stuff was just like, I I could just never get into it, it yeah. was, and it was always right. around. Of course, it, I think that drove me away from it more than more so than it ever would have made me. Like if I wasn't around it, maybe I would have gotten into it and yeah. tried to experiment with it, but right. just never was a thing. Yeah. Um, so I can relate yeah, to that. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, when I got to college, I think I just. I was like going into my local record store. I went to school in Athens, Ohio, at Ohio University, and they had a record store called School Kids Records. And I would just go in there and buy the most random stuff that like everyone would go in and buy like, oh, here's the, you know, the hot new thing that came out on Friday. And I just like dig through that and be like, oh, and I'm just the way I like found music as a kid. It was like, that looks cool. <laughs> they could just buy stuff. And it looks like it sounds like, cool. Yeah, if you didn't like it, you could just go take it back. I mean, you weren't getting what you paid for it, unfortunately, but I could trade it in for something you know, else. Three CDs to get a one new one, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was just like it was always. I think I think it's always been for me experimenting and listening to new things and having an open mind. Um, and that you know held true. Like after college, I. Um, Shockingly, got accepted to grad school at NYU uh, <laughs> um, for music technology. I never thought I was going to get in. I only applied there. I didn't even know like really what it meant to go to grad school at the time. I think when I applied. That's, um, awesome. that's I great. That. I love that. But I was like, I want to continue like working on this music thing, whatever it might turn into. Um, maybe it's a career. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. But I wanted to be in New York. Um, so I got I like got my stuff together and moved here to start grad school and then realized there was a, like this whole crazy rock thing happening here and it was like you know the strokes had just happened in the late right. 90s um, right. early early 2000s and um then all of these other things were happening right around then too you go you know you have everything from Interpol and the Rapture and the rise of um right LCD sound system and TV on the radio and the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just yeah. like, all that was happening when I moved to New York. Wow. And it's kind of crazy. I'm actually reading Meet Me in the Bathroom right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it 
as I'm reading it, I'm realizing that I'm literally reading like my history of growing up and like going to shows and seeing right. things. And like, you're like, going, hey, I, I was probably there that night that they're talking about this. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, some of them. Yes, like bars that I was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that this guy who I now work with in the music industry owned the bar I used to hang out at. Like, <laughs> wow, weird <laughs> shit like that. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, and it was just kind of like I. While in grad school, I was just like immersed myself in mostly being a music fan, yeah. taking advantage of what New York had to offer. Yeah, and I really wasn't thinking about working in the music industry per se. Um, and again, I didn't even know what that was. I right. never studied it. Right. I never thought about. I never read a book on it. Um, my background was all like technology and working in studios um, to that point, and. I continued to want to do that when I first moved here. Yeah. And then about halfway through grad school, I realized that that might not have that long of a future. Um, oh. Having a career as like, um, you know, of going in and working at a studio as an engineer and like having a long career um, really looked like it was going to become a thing of the past. I mean, you know, all the all those bands that I referenced, they were all like, for the most part, they were doing things on their own. You know, they weren't right. going in and running studio time to like make these records. Yeah. Right. Um, so it kind of shifted my train of thought. Like what, do, what is, what am I going to do? Holy shit. Now I'm, yeah. you know, I'm like, in a, I'm, <laughs> I'm already in done it. Almost, yeah. I've right. almost done an entire year of grad school. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I, I just, I worked as a, a tutor. I tutored math okay. um, during that first year of grad school at a, at a New York City school. Um, and those kids were, they were eighth graders, and they were super fascinated in the fact that I was like, I had kind of, like, I was majoring in music technology, which, right. you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like, crazy blown up yet like it is today like right. everyone has a laptop and producing music and all this right right where we currently sit i mean it was you could tell it was going to go there um mm -hmm. but it was interesting because i like those kids were just fascinated by it they're like wait you went to college for that right like, they didn't even realize that it was an option um, sure and that kind of resonated with me and just sat in my head for like that whole second, you know, or whole first part of like being in grad school. And, uh, we, or when I, when I like something came up, I don't remember how it came up, but there was this job opening at this newly created, um, department at NYU called the Clive Davis Institute, <laughs> which is, um, which had just had its inaugural year of the first freshman class ever while I my first year of grad school and they wow. were looking wow. for, for, for graduate assistants wow. to like work there. Wow. And luckily for me, I had in undergrad, I had finished my like whole track early and I actually got to teach, help teach classes and uh, as an undergrad. So wow, cool. Literally, I didn't know all these things were building up. I had done that as an undergrad. I mainly did it because I was like, shit, I need to make some extra money. Same, <laughs> I, same reason I tutored math. 
Right. Um, it was always about like these are jobs that pay. Um, yeah. So, in this job, at Clive, at Clive Davis also was a paid job, and I interviewed, applied, interviewed. They offered they offered me one of the three three spots, and I got placed with the sophomore class, which was the first class ever to, admitted. There was only a freshman and sophomore class in second year. Um, and I got put with a first-time professor. Um, his name is Nick Sansano. Um, if you don't know who that is out there, you should. I highly recommend looking at the things he's worked on. Nice. I'll just let them speak for themselves. Um, amazing engineer, mixer, producer. Um, and, yeah, I kind of immersed myself in just, like, that job, my second year of grad school. and. Yeah. Halfway through, I realized, like, I so I wrote my, I ended up writing my graduate thesis on a program for high school kids for music technology. For music tech. And, yeah, basically. Um, and that's, that all came from all of those jobs, and, like, I didn't know it at the time. And they, that's... yeah, it was really, it was really cool. But I got to know all of those kids at, you know, I I have like lifelong friendships from like people I went to grad school with, but at the same time, I have all these working, like not only friendships but working relationships with now from the kids that in those first two classes at Clive Davis. Wow, they're they're like writers, producers. Some of them started record labels. Others are um, entertainment attorneys. Um, <laughs> there's like three A and Rs at labels that I like work with on a regular basis now it's wow and all of those are just like you know me being like the studio guy that helped them out when they were learning how to work in those environments um that's a trip. so that that was like a really cool um cool thing that happened while i was at grad school yeah um then i finished grad school and still had no fucking clue what i was gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, also, I just like curse a lot. I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing on your guys' podcast. Um, so I'll just say oh, that. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Point, we're good. Hey. Going forward, it's just like a natural. It's like a natural thing. Yeah, it's the music industry, man. Don't even fucking worry yeah, about it, man. If, if okay. people can't handle it, they should get out. Exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I always, I always preface it because, like, now I go. You know, I'll jump ahead a little bit, but now I go. Um, over the years, I go back and I like talk and talk to classes at, at the Clive Davis school and just talk about this, like what we're doing now, like how I got to where I am and like right. what I do and that sort of thing. And I always like start um, the class and be like, if you're going to be offended by me, just like saying curse words, most of the time you should probably um, leave and I won't be offended. Right. Uh, That's totally fine. Exactly. Yes. No one ever leaves. No one ever leaves. <laughs> of course uh, not. Of course not. They realize that they're, going into the music industry exactly uh, exactly so yeah so i kind of like i just didn't have any clue as to what i was going to do um uh i dabble you know i still did some studio stuff um i did some live sounds mm -hmm. mainly in like in the in the arena of i worked at columbia university for a little bit i did some corporate audio video stuff and i was just kind of like i was trying to figure it out i was yeah i was really hoping that someone would buy into my grandiose idea of like 
giving me a budget to like start a program at a high school. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Would have been and, great. You know, this is like the mid two thousands. Okay, we're talking like oh five. Um, wow. Middle yeah. of 05. Yeah, and like you know, they were like New York City schools were not pumping money into the arts, nor were nor were private schools. I actually right. had like some people that I thought were going to be interested in like the private school sector in the city. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, we, you know, this is not to them. It wasn't like a, a full-time faculty person at a school. Right. It was like an extracurricular activity. Right. And right. I like an enrichment program type thing. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't really do that. No. Um, Cause it would have been a full-time job for me to set it up. And of then course. I would have been getting paid for like three hours of work each week. Right. Yeah. But I yeah. did it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Um, so actually, you know, I was doing a bunch of odd jobs and then um, just trying to figure it out. And I just did, you know, the music industry side of things never, it never, like, the light bulb never went off to be like, oh, should I try that? Right. It just never did because I never, I never worked in it. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and... So one of the one of the kids from Cloud Davis gets in touch with me, um, gets my number from the professor I worked for, calls me out of the blue and was like, hey, I'm working over at this music publisher called Spirit Music Publishing, and they need someone who understands like music technology stuff. And I told them I had the, the best person for the job because I knew you from the from when you worked at, at Clive. And she was like, if you're interested, send me your resume and I'll give it to the guy hiring here. Oh, my God. And that is literally how I got started in the business industry. Like, you know, wow. the music business. The, right. The, the business side of it. Yeah. The industry yeah, side. I went, yeah. The industry side. I went into that interview and within the first five minutes, they asked me what I knew about music publishing. And I said, I don't know shit about music publishing. <laughs> I don't know. Any, I don't. I, I was just honest. I was like, yeah. i I don't come from a music business. I've never like interned. I've never like my whole background is studios and live sound and technology. And, and he, the, the response back was, and this is like the best piece of advice. And I give this to all the, uh, like and also in all the talks where I give it classes is that his response to me saying, I don't know anything was don't worry. No one else does either until they do it. <laughs> Beautiful. Exactly. And it's like, it's, a truer statement has never been uttered about. I think you can apply that to the music industry as a whole. Yeah, totally. Because it's so weird and complicated and convoluted. Well, and it changes and changes on on the daily. I mean, now it changes like shit. Something probably changed while we were having. Absolutely. Totally. Exactly. Um, So it's just, it was kind of, yeah. And I, and I, I did that interview and I did one other and then they were like, job offer and i was like holy shit like what like what that's what yeah i did so it. then i went in and i immersed myself in the world of music publishing of course and not by like reading articles and books like i was living it every day yeah i would ask and i would ask questions and like they you know i was in didn't know it you know didn't know what it meant to be in the creative department. That's the department I was in. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, I, was in, I was in all the meetings for like, you know, when they were talking about pitching stuff for film and TV and advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were like talking about like 
purchasing a catalog or signing an artist. And I was just like soaking all of this up. Right. Yeah. You know, um, trying, trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. Um, and it was, there were people there that were really, you know, really awesome, um, mentors, um, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, and people that I still have great working relationships with to this day. Um, they, yeah, I don't know. And I, you know, it, I could do the, the, the tech stuff that there that they were wanting. And I think I updated a lot of it in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, so it allowed me, like, I was like, Oh, I can do this other stuff without batting an eye. So how do I, how do I learn more and do more here? And that was kind of like, you know, my way into, um, first, uh, like the world of video game pitching because no one was really doing that. And that was like, we had awesome catalogs and, and rock. And this is like right when guitar hero was coming out and stuff like that. Um, made friends with the guys at Activision Blizzard and huh. <laughs> just like helped helped get into that world. Yeah. I mean, Spirit has um Billy Squire and T Rex. Pete Townsend. Um, Pete Townsend. We didn't have Pete Townsend when I was doing it then. Right. Um but yeah. They do have Pete Townsend now and like a lot of up and coming like we signed a lot of up and coming rock mm-hmm. stuff. Um so and like other songs that they got they put in there because they thought they were cool, interesting songs, but they weren't necessarily like the big rock songs. Um, They were really experimental and it was like super interesting to figure out that world, like how, you know, and I was like working on actual sync licenses with our sync, like the licensing team and figuring out what that meant. I mean, I was literally, you're at a small independent up and coming publisher you have to you have to learn everything, you have to know everything, and you have to do everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we have an entire department that does that. No, it's like, that's <laughs> it's two like... people, so you've got to help out. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. Well, which is probably great, given yeah. that you wanted to learn everything. No, it was it's, awesome. It's better to do everything. Yep. Yeah. And then I kind of was like, and then I realized, like, I had friends that were, you know, doing a art labels or starting labels. And, and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like you get to work with artists. And then I didn't even know, that, like when I was saying that, like at a publisher, you get to work with an artist, a writer, <laughs> producers. Yeah. Um, and the more I, the more I realized that I was like, okay, how do I now? I'm like, how do I do that? Right. How, right. Do, I, how do I get to do that? Um, right. And it was basically like, I want to do this. Um, and, so when I first started, uh, Justin Cliffowitz was working there, who, mm-hmm. who actually gave me gave me the job, offered me the job. Okay. And then within that first year, he left to go to Downtown Music Publishing and start oh, that okay. whole yeah. thing. Um, so it was kind of like he was the only person really, you know, everyone was contributing to A&R, but like, I feel like Justin was doing it. Yeah. Like that was his job there. Right. Um, and when he left, there was kind of like, an opening mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like we, I, you know, I came, I came from a different musical taste background and like mm-hmm. my friends who were signing bands were more rock and alternative leaning, but I was like, okay, well he does, he's not doing that. I know we're, you know, there's still like spirit was buying catalogs still and like trying to get like yeah. things in that side of the world. Right, right. But I'm like, I can go work with these new acts and like figure this stuff, figure this stuff out. 
And I was kind of basically like, asked, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, okay, go, go do it. And like, <laughs> um, and then that was, that was my eye opening experience into the world of trying to sign, you know, at first it was like, oh, I'm going to sign bands, like, right. Just sign bands. And, um, I'm pretty sure I completely bumblefucked my first ever <laughs> trying to sign a band. <laughs> that phone call, that phone call was the most terrifying thing I had ever done. Um, and did you talk uh, with the band or did you talk with their manager or I talked with the band? Wow. Um, I don't even know if they had a manager. Right. Um, right. And I'm, I wish I remembered the name, their name. Um, they were a post-rock band from Philly. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I thought it would be super interesting in the, you know, it was, it'd be cool if I could sign something that like, I knew we could pitch for sync, like yeah. without question. Right. Um, right. And then I would, and then I could like, okay, my first thing, my first signing did something and now like that proves that I can go and do something else and maybe you get, you know, expand a mm-hmm. little more. Um, so yeah, after that, that I knew, I, I mean, I hung up and I knew all the things I did wrong immediately. Like <laughs> I, I knew <laughs> you say, you say them and you're like, Oh, shouldn't have said that shit. Shoot, like, <laughs> my head. Uh, but did they sign you it? You, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Learning experience it, number one: the experience that you learn from utter failure yeah, is right. like the best learning experience. There's yes, no, you can take away so much more from that one thing than I could from ten positive things. Right? Yeah. Uh, because then you're you're not thinking if they're po- if they're positive it's like you're not thinking about like how can I improve upon them, yeah, um, right? Yeah. So that you know, without getting into a long winded story of uh, like things, it's like that started me down a path where it's like cool. How do I work? You know, with this writer, that artist, um, this record label, um, that record label. You know, how do I? How do I? How, you know, we're signing new things. How can I integrate them into doing cool, modernizing their sound, using their sound to modernize older songs that we own the rights to. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Like this, you know, it was like a long, you know, it was eight, almost eight years of, well, I mean the, you know, more diving into the creative stuff is probably more like six years. Yeah. Um, the first yeah. couple of years, I was like, still trying to figure everything out. Um, <laughs> Right. But it was like trying to come up with interesting opportunities for people that we were working with, whether it was, um, you know, re-releasing a Wang Chung EP through our label that we had set up and like yeah. talking to Nick, Nick and Jack about like, uh, hi, you're Wang Chung. This is crazy. Like, or like you know, there there were there were lots of cool there were lots of cool things like at Spirit. Um, we we represented um, Albert's music, um, which now is uh, was purchased by BMG in Australia. But um, we represented him for a long time. I somehow became the, the de facto Australian representative in New York for them. It just kind of happened. I don't even I don't know. It just like. 
I, we did the deal, and then creative people just were showing up that they worked with, and then they were all meeting with me all the time. So <laughs> wow. I, like, I, like, made all these connections, not only in Australia, but, like, was on the ground helping them, like, right, right, getting people out to see them at shows, like, trying to get exposure for these Australian artists when they were coming through. Um, yeah. Uh, God, it's just, like, it. there's so many different things that happened. I mean, you know, like... Pete Townsend sitting down and like in a creative meeting with you after that deal got done. He was like, what do you do? I'm like, what the fuck do you care what I do? <laughs> <laughs> you're Pete bloody you're, Townsend. You're Pete Townsend, aren't you? Yeah, it's like, but he wanted to know. Like, right. he was, like there was no, it was not a joke. He was right. like, he wanted, to know. wanted to know. He wanted to know what each of us did in the creative department. Like, yeah. what do you do? Explain it to me. And like, ask questions. And I'm like, this is crazy. That's so like, cool. Crazy, crazy stuff like that. Um, you know, Mark Bullen's wife, like sitting down in my office and just like talking. Um, um, yeah. you know, it's like, it's cool. Like that stuff is cool, but also like, wow, these people have been doing this for so long yeah. and they're still, they still want to do it. The drive is still there. Yeah. I'm like, I want to work with, you know, it inspires you to be like, I want to work with someone like this. How do I find that person? Right. Like, right. going to have this career like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so there, I mean, there's a billion of those, honestly. Sure. And I mean, I, I feel real, I feel really lucky and fortunate to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, and, um, I have met, I have so many great memories of being there. Um, yeah. and you know, that I went back, they did a 20th anniversary party and I'm like, I'm like, I am like a legit part of this. Yeah. I spent, you know, the first part of my entire music career there. Right. Um, right. And it, it, it molded me and shaped me in ways that I'm still finding out to this day. Um, yeah. And well, and it sounds like you had a lot to do with the, with the, the molding and shaping of them as well. So yeah, no, no, I think it's like equal parts. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it was, and I was there for, I was there for a lot of growth, like expanding right. into territory, adding offices uh, throughout the world and in LA and different team members coming and going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I got, I got to see the, uh, I got to see the, the launch of big data um, happened the, literally the office next to me. project while he was working as our, you know, advertising pitching person. Wow. Wow. And like, Alan, you know, like that's a friendship that I made in that office. And it's like you right. know, one that I'll have for forever. And it was yeah. like crazy to like watch something happen out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's not out of nowhere. No, no, no. But, but you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Exist. And then it's bubbling, and then it kind of is like happening, and then you're like, "Oh, cool, you're you're leaving," right? And then the funny thing was, is like that all happened as I was like, also being like, "What's my next?" He's doing this, and I'm like, I think that kind of was like, "Oh, well, what's my next?" Move? What's my next move? Right? right. Yeah. Um, and so then and your that next kind of like that was kind of like you know I had um, 
been working with top, all the top possum team right. for several several years before you had. I went to work there. Yeah, like gotcha. That, that relationship started. They re-released the T Rex, um, the six uh, albums that we own, the rights to, okay. um, which is the which is the slider forward. Um, and that started a relationship that, um, actually, you know, went for years. Um, and I worked with a ton of the bands they were signing and that, that was like their, you know, that period was, um, they were working with, um, the Smith Westerns and Yuck. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they signed, um, Unknown Moral Orchestra, Right, um, right. They, they were working with. Um, they signed. They signed this kid who was working at working at the label. Um, who had a band called Bass Drum of Death, which I actually signed to a publishing deal. <laughs> who still signed to, Who is still signed to Spirit to this day. No, nice. it's awesome. Putting out records and like does really well in sync. Um, but that relationship started there, and then yeah. it was kind of like a natural thing to go work there. Um, yeah. So, so you knew that was so it was it was yeah. again it was one of those the next right thing was was right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, so it was just kind of like there and I was like, "Okay, cool, let's go do this." And I just kind of jumped in. Um and like you know, I it was it was going to be in my head. It was going to be like the next 8 years. Okay. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gotcha. Yes, and you know, Fat Possum is is a Mississippi, Oxford, Mississippi based record label. Mm-hmm. Um, who's done amazing? They put out such amazing music. I mean, the blues catalog there um, is the blues catalog that you know that doesn't have the like a, you know a huge name attached to it, but are incredible fucking records. Yeah, like, yeah. incredible, like. R.L. Burnside, like, oh yeah, just a phenomenal songwriter, um, producer, a guitar player. Uh, right. It's kind of you know it. I didn't I didn't know a lot about them as that lab, as that side of the label until we started working with them, and then when we started working with them, I was just kind of like, whoa, there's just like all of this crazy good music. Why is this not as Why is this not as popular as I know it should be? Right, right. You know, it had yeah. had a, obviously it had its time, mm-hmm. but in place. Right, but, but why isn't this being synced? Yeah, yeah. Why? It, it's just kind of baffling to me in a way. <laughs> right. Um, but then, then when I went over, you know, went over to work there. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, how can I help build on this? And you know, it's it's not only that that blue stuff, but it's like they're the fucking label that signed the Black Keys, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Bird. I feel like a lot of people don't even know that Andrew Bird was on Fat Possum for multiple records. I did not. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, they yeah. were um, when that was happening. I mean, now it's now it's known. Like people, you know, people know that they 
they were working with. Um, well, they weren't. It was in the it was in the works that they were going to re-release the Modest Mouth stuff and work with Isaac. And I was like, <laughs> "This is crazy! <laughs> like, what?" Yeah, I get to work with Modest Mouth. Like, oh, that's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah. They have the Al Green catalog. Like, wow, there's wow. so many cool things. The Towns Van Zandt. Like, yeah, um, wow. I mean, Junior Kimbrough, that's basically, like, him and the rest of the blues, like, I think that was, like, one of the main attractions um, because uh, the Black Keys were, were like, they were a junior, like, they put out a Junior Kimbrough record on the label, like, as a tribute. They were, <laughs> wow. like, obsessed with, they knew who he was, and, like, they, and it's, you know, that probably helped in signing them. I mean, I don't I'm know. Sure, right, right. I'm sure, I've never, I've never, I've never, like, the guys there about how that all went down. No, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, just real quickly, were you uh, were you still in New York when you were working for Fat Possum, or did you move? Yes. No, I was still living in New York. Okay. Um, and um, I was here, kind of, you know, by myself. They were right. You know, the guys that did the creative stuff um, were here in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, there wasn't there wasn't an office. Um, yeah. They they hired um, they actually hired someone like a couple weeks or maybe even a week or two after uh, they hired me um, to do marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, she was kind of we were kind of like floating in New York. Together. Right, right, right. Um, no central hub, no we, office. Yeah. Sometimes we would go like days without seeing each other. Um, yeah. And we also weren't working in the same capacity, like trying yeah. to do similar things. So it wasn't a team. It wasn't like, yeah, we didn't have like a lot of overlap. I mean, yeah. we would come together like when there when there bands in town, and like mm-hmm. we would we would always go and see them together, and like hang out, and you know try to try to vibe with with the artists, and make, you know because yeah. I think it's that sort of thing on the label side is super beneficial because they want to know people are supporting them. And it's great to have people on the ground in New York. Sure. Um, especially from a marketing, uh, standpoint oh, absolutely. On the first side. Yeah, absolutely. In front of them. And for me, it's like, Oh, cool. Let me talk to this person at this agency in New York and get them out to a show. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, that thing was, was just, those were great opportunities and like for us to put people in front of them. Um, right. But, but it think, ended up not being your vibe because it yeah. wasn't sort of communal. Right. I mean, it wasn't like a, yeah. it, right. And that was, that, that had nothing to do with the people or the label. Right. That was all, that was all kind of just me being like, Oh, I came from a music publisher right. where I, I mean, you know, my, my boss or, the majority of the time I was there was the founder and president of the company. Right. Like he was, right. He was, he was the A&R guy there. So like, that's who I reported to. Well, and even, um, and even before that, listening to you talk, you know, the stuff that you liked about the Clive Davis Institute, the doing the mentoring, you know, the, the, the you know, yeah. the, the collaborating te- with the, young students, the, the teaching, and- you know, the, the stuff that you were doing, all of that was all really relational. Right, and if you know it that, was. and 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 sort of to find out that that's really important to you, I mean, I, I bet that came pretty pretty quickly. Knowing that I'm working yeah. for this really cool label and I really love it, but 
why is it not like right. feeling feeling as fulfilling yeah. as I would think it would? Yeah, um, and it it was it was. I mean, it was. I think I was like so excited for the first several months, <laughs> sure. right? And then, and then the more I was like, oh, I, you know, I'll, you know, I'm working from home one day, and right? I think probably that's when it kicked in because I was like. I'm like, I know, I, I realized that like I'm sitting, you know, laptop on my couch and I'm like, I'm not being productive. Like yeah. it was just kind of like that moment. And mm-hmm. I, um, I went and I had coffee or lunch, um, with like a few close, friends that mm-hmm. I knew I could like have an open and honest conversation with and also yeah. all work the music in various capacities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, can you guys tell me if I'm crazy or not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then one of those people, like two days after we had coffee or lunch or whatever it was, she called me and was like, Hey, I really think you should call and have a conversation with Brandon. And I was like, wait, that BMI. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wait, my Brandon? Like, are my friend Brandon? She was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, he, you know, he went back to BMI recently. And I was like, oh, actually, I didn't realize that because I just hadn't, I was just so immersed in what right. I was yeah. doing in a new job. I just wasn't paying attention to like what was happening around me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I called him and I was like, basically, like, hey, what's up? Um, I hear you might be uh, looking to bring on a team member. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is in fact true, I want to throw my hat in the ring. Um, yeah. And he let me know that they were and that he was super into the idea. Um, so then, you know, as with all jobs, um, there's a long process of like <laughs> interviews and more right. interviews. Yeah, more yeah. Interviews. yeah, yeah. And, you know, long interviews, lots of long interviews, actually. <laughs> um, but all, all were, all were good. And, yeah. um, I, you know, when it came down to it, it was just kind of like, they, you know, they were like, they were all the talks I had here were like really good. And it was all. I think the the overarching thing was like teamwork. Like they were all oh. about like everyone working together. There it and is. And I think, yeah, that just resonated with me. So yeah. like, as you guys said earlier, it's like yeah. everything that I had done up to that point had all been based around that really. And right. I was like super, and you know, the office, they have an office here. So. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's where you thrive. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, you know, again, it's like one of those places where it's just like, some some relationship that I had built up right. over the years, and Brandon and I had met each other when I was at Spirit, and he was working here at mm-hmm. BMI the first time. Yeah, but we're talking about bands, and then we always wanted when he was I was still at Spirit, and he went to uh, work at Glassnote and do their publishing company. We always tried to like work on stuff together, and it never really nothing ever really came came together in the right way. Yeah, and so this was our like. For him and I, it was like years of like trying to do stuff, something together. Right. And then we're like, oh, wait, this is that, this is that. Um, and it's actually working together. So it was like, 
cool, I'm going to come over and work there. Um, and I did. And, <laughs> and it's been, that's been three and a half years now, um, which wow. is crazy to think about. Actually. Wow. Like, I was just like, wait, what? Just, <laughs> somebody, somebody asked me that. I think I, I was actually at, um, at a, at a Clive summer program speaking and they were, they asked me, that was like one of the first questions. They were just like, how long have you been working in DMI? Which is a weird first question to ask. It but, is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I said it and I was like, wait, whoa, it feels like, I was like, it actually feels like five years. Like, it's just like, there, it's like so nonstop here. Yeah. That it, I don't even think about it. It just feels like I've been here for years upon years. Right. Uh, it's just a weird, a weird thing. Um, yeah. Well, I just, uh, one of the things that I love about uh, listening to you talk about your, your trajectory and your path is, yep. is that the, uh, the underlying thing that I can't help but notice is that every, almost every single positive thing that you've talked about has to do with a relationship that you've curated. A hundred percent. And it couldn't be, I mean, to me, I mean, in, it's like the, I don't even know what the right, like descriptive word is, but yeah. like relationships are the way things get done in the music industry. And I'm sure you guys have heard this. That's what we talk about. Years. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah. We, we talk about and it I mean, we use it with our students and the people that we're mentoring. It's all about all long time. game. Don't be a dick. Uh, yeah. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that, that idea of the, all, that idea of okay. the douchey rock star yeah <laughs> is gone no. it does not exist anymore it doesn't and it can't because the old you'll be cut out of everything you want to do it's more it's word spreads like wire oh wildfire yeah yes yes industry. and the longer you work in it the smaller it gets right. yes the, smaller, the harder it is to get back in right right <laughs> absolutely it but seems it is all about it is all about relationships yeah. every everywhere i've gotten to this point in my career is because of a relationship I made with someone along the way. Yeah. There's just like literally no way to not say like that is a hundred percent how I've gotten everywhere that I've gone. Um, and being here, the reason, you know, that I'm able to sign with, get a new artist to sign up or help build someone's, um, you know, grow and build their career here or contribute to that rather mm -hmm. is because of relationships, because right. I'm able to, I'm able to send these people out to, you know, labels and publishers and managers and attorneys and booking agents. Right. Um, but at the same time, all of those people have clients. They are working with new clients all the time, or maybe they're working with a client who doesn't have a relationship with someone at BMI. And they can hit me up and exactly. be like, hey, can you help out here? Um, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, helping out doesn't necessarily mean um, in a creative capacity all the time either. Right. In fact, I would I would argue that we do way more admin work than we do creative work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe but, admin work for creativity, right? I mean. Yeah. But if you don't have your it, all your admin stuff done properly here, Oh, yeah. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get paid. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, if your if your song has, you know, your your song blows up and it gets 10 million streams, if it's not registered, 
Like, you're not going to make any money from it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a drag. So like, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a huge drag. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like all of, all of specifically in music, I think, on the on on the creative side. Like, obviously, I've not worked in biz affairs or I've mm-hmm, not worked right. in licensing or, right. or marketing or any of these other things, which – but I would, I would, you know, venture to guess that relationships are just as important. Um, Everybody that we've talked to that, in those areas has said exactly the same thing. Yeah, so that's, okay. yeah, that's that's great to that's great to hear. Um, yeah. And you know, it's you can build relationships with people in different areas of, of the business too. Right. Like, you know, it it goes a long way. Like to, you know, go have a coffee with someone who's on the who is like on the admin team and a publisher because I never know when I might need a, like a favor to get something done and push through for somebody. Exactly. It's like, oh, they're going to remember that, hey, I gave them my card and we met up for a cup of coffee one right. day and just like had a conversation about music. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you never know where anyone's going to end up. Um, I don't know where any songwriter's going to go. You know, yeah. I can, I can like, have a, I guess, an inkling uh-huh. um, or an excitement about right. yeah, right. a writer yeah. or a producer or an artist, and try to do my best to help them. Mm-hmm. Right. But they may just get themselves in a place where they're like, "Oh shit! Like we're I've got stuff going on, and now I need to like go back and make <laughs> sure all my all my ducks are in a row." Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, and again, but just that's to- also uh, oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to build on the on the relationship part, just even further, is to say, you know, you were, you've just spent the last couple of minutes talking about how you're able to set up different meetings and and connections, and it goes back to you're not going to do that if someone's a dick, no matter no. how talented they are, because it represents you in a poor way, then, right? No, hundred percent. And all, I can wrap everything up you just said in one. And one like thing, I guess like example. Yeah. Um, I on on a regular we meet with so many different people, whether mm-hmm. they're an industry person or a songwriter. Um, and this has nothing to do with like my current job specifically. Mm-hmm. This is just I think a general um, guideline for working in music is yeah. that you want to. You want to work with the person that you know is going to work their ass off as hard as you know you're going to work your ass off mm-hmm. yep. for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's like somebody that like an artist that I'm working with that's signed to a label, they want that label person working as hard as I know that I can support them right. um, or, or vice versa. Um, I just think, I think that's, super important and it's like the person that you know is going to work really hard but maybe not you know sometimes isn't it as talented mm-hmm. and that's and that's obviously that's objective of course like right, right. that level is yeah. um versus a person who just thinks they should be handed and deserve everything <laughs> i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take the, the hard worker every time yeah yeah every single time absolutely because I want I want somebody who's just gonna who who really wants it and is gonna you know work their ass <laughs> off to get there and no 
And that person's also the person that's not going to, they're not going to get discouraged when someone's like, oh, it could be better. Right. Right. It's like, you know, they're going to be like, they're going to take that and be like, okay, "Okay, cool. How do I make that better? Maybe you do, you know, maybe it's like, oh, well, you know, like work on the pre-course here or, you know, the top line is, is great, but I think that you could do more like right, that's on the production a, side. Right, that like, second verse really needs you, a little help. Yeah, yeah. Or why don't why don't you go work with this producer? I think you've got a great song here. Yes. Like, but like, you know, and don't be afraid. Like we tell people all the time, don't be to, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like it only makes you better as a writer, yep. as a producer, as an industry professional, whatever you know. However, right on, man. As a human, yeah. As a human, yeah. Yeah, right on. Well, Tim, uh, we know that you you have a meeting very soon, <laughs> so yeah. uh, we don't want to keep you from that because we want your relationships to continue to be, uh, you know, really solid. Exactly, and so we don't it, want you to be late to the meeting because we're like, why are you late? I was talking to the Sharf brothers on mentoring for the non musician. Those guys, they make everybody late. Um, I mean, that's. That could be, I mean, it's for a good reason, so. Uh. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we can't wait to get together next time we're in the city. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 I owe you guys around. So. Oh, we're in. Awesome. We're there. Deal. Awesome. Yeah. Deal, man, and we'll know. pay you I, back. I, I, guess I, uh, I guess I owe AJ around, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or we owe AJ around we owe for, AJ getting, around you on the for show. getting you on the show. That's what happens. Okay, okay. <laughs> we got it. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Brother, so, thanks much. so much, man. Thanks, guys. This was, this was a lot of fun. For us, um, for us too, man. For us, a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, let me know when you're in the city next, and um, thanks again. Will do, bro. You bet. Have a great day, man. Have a good one, Tim. Have a good one, Tim. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> that was amazing. That's so great. What a I, great guy. Well, so, what I, what I, I, a couple of points I just want to sort of uh, uh, bring up. Yeah. Like, I love... That without him even saying it, he's yeah. saying relationship, 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 I, it, relationship. Well, that's relationship. why I had to just finally point it out because it, it was the theme throughout. I, and I, you know, really for anybody who's listening, I promise you, we're not feeding everybody the same script, <laughs> right? There are just some things that are true. This is just a truth, right? The sun rises in the east and it sets in the west, <laughs> and everything death in and your taxes. career, death and taxes, right? And everything in your career. Has is based to do around with a relationship. relationships, a and good it is, relationship, and it's all the long game. And I also want to highlight how passionate he was yeah. about absolutely everything, everything he was he doing about. all the way through. He had this brilliant job at Fat Possum, amazing label, mm-hmm. who have these amazing artists that he absolutely loved. But in that particular moment, in that situation, he wasn't able to do what makes him most excited, which is collaborations. Right. It didn't inspire with other him people. to be passionate. And so he leaves this other brilliant job that was wonderful with these great people who he still loves. Exactly. To find something that worked for him better. And how did he get the thing that worked for him better? Well, he went out to coffee with friends of his, relationships that he had built for a very long time. To be honest with them about how he was, but safe. Notice who, he said it was people it was safe, who he could, could be honest and safe with. Honest and safe with, not people who you would, who you would tell that wouldn't, you know. Talk you, trash you, about you exactly. or use it against you. And one of them said, well... You know, your other relationship with your friend Brandon, who you've had for years, is actually just now he's at BMI and looking for someone. There you go. Right? And that, you can't, that's not, look, that ad, that, that job doesn't show, I mean, it might show up. Yeah. Well, and dude, in look, the one ads, whatever. Here's the thing. How did we get, 
how were right. we lucky enough to get Tim Pattison on the on show? On the show, because we are both buddies with AJ, right? AJ and Toby. If, AJ Toby. If you haven't listened to AJ's podcast, it was Listen one of the it. first. It was the first. Was it the, the it was first? our first podcast. All right. Um, and again, AJ, of course, AJ is friends with Tim. Listen to the two of them. <laughs> exactly. Right? Go, exactly. And if you go meet them at a show somewhere, that's what they're both like. That's right? what they're like. And so I just, I love hearing people that are, that are at that level of the industry talking about all the stuff that we talk about all the time, which is, you know, yes, of course, be awesome. Yeah. You gotta be good. You, you gotta be good. You gotta be right? the one that when you get that interview, you gotta be able to, to, to be capable and be, and you know, be personable and be good in the interview, but make good man, eye contact. Man, and, I, you know. I, I love hearing that, you know, yeah, even if it's, if it's, a, if, you know, all things being equal, someone who's a little bit less talented, but works harder and is a better person. That's who I'm going with. That's who I'm going to pay more Did attention to. Did you guys to. hear that? Right. So stop comparing, you know, yourself and thinking, well, I'm not quite that good a singer. Or I'm not, I'm not as talented as that person is. Well, guess what? Outwork them. Outwork them. And if you're somebody who is ridiculously talented and people are always telling you you're the most talented person in the room, work harder. Exactly. Being awesome isn't enough. And being a good person doesn't mean being fake right. nice. It or saying mean, what people want to hear. It doesn't mean playing nicey-nice. It means when someone's talking to you, look at them in the eyes, listen to what they're saying, and ask them a question about what they just said. Right. And look, Ask like, them about themselves. How, how did Don't always that, talk how, about you. How did you. Tim get that job at Spirit, right? Do you know anything about publishing? Absolutely nothing. I know nothing about publishing. But I'm really excited to learn it. But, and, and of course, they're like, yes, there we go. Somebody who's honest Somebody about who's how honest nobody knows anything about publishing. Exactly. So just absolutely. We all have somebody in our life who we think, boy, that person is such a pleasure to be around. Yeah. Be more like that person. Be more like that person. Find out what, what, it, what is it about them that you love and, and, and emulate be more that. Like that. Be more like that. And, and that's the kind of thing that, that will really pay off. And get yourself used to that. You're going to be, if you're going to be doing this, the people that are going to want to hire you, that are going to want to sign you, that are going to want to help you, are the ones who are going to know that you're going to be doing it no matter what. No matter what. And that you're pretty fun to have coffee with. Exactly. Just go have coffee with them. Not because that's going to get you signed. Go have coffee with them because they're a cool person and it's a cool industry. And, and go- someday they might be able to find you a job. Exactly. You might run into them and it'll be a good time. And remember, you got this. We got your back. 